0: Calling all detectives. The vice president of a great railroad was so proud of his line that he wouldn't admit that anybody could commit suicide on one of his trains. That is the situation on this page from my casebook. The casebook of Jerry Browning, private detective. When a private detective like me, Jerry Browning, works on a retainer basis, the best he can hope for is to keep his job. Wilbur Norris, first vice president of the Great Valley Railroad, and I were sitting in the observation car of a Great Valley train at Northbridge, Minnesota. We'd been up there a week on a case involving right of way and were finally heading home. About half an hour after we'd started... All tickets, please. I am Wilbur Norris, conductor. Mr. Browning and I are riding on passes. Oh, yes, sir, Mr. Norris. I Recognize you. Encouraged by Norris's smile, the conductor added, We've got a celebrity with us this trip, Mr. Norris. He's Dane Colby, the movie star. Just finished doing some location shots around Northbridge. Colby, eh? What space has he got? I'd like to meet him. The conductor hesitated. I don't think it's better, sir. Mr. Colby is traveling incognito. Norris shrugged, looked disappointed. The train and Pullman conductors passed us and a man seated alongside of me. The man spoke up. I'm not with these gentlemen, conductor. Don't you want my ticket? Well, excuse me, sir. I thought we already collected yours further back. The man smiled, shook his head, and produced his ticket. That's all there was to it. At six o'clock, Norris and I had dinner, then retired to our double bedroom. About 10 o'clock. Mr. Norris, that movie star, Dane Colby, just jumped off the train into the Tuscamauga River. While riding on one of the Great Valley Railroad's cracked trains, a movie star committed suicide. Absolutely, utterly preposterous. I do not permit suicides on my trains. Browning, find Colby. I am going to sleep. I shrugged. Yes, sir, Mr. Norris. There was no use holding up the train. If Colby did jump into the river, nothing could be done about it in that blackness. I set up investigating headquarters in the dining car. Who's Colby's car porter? Me, sir. Jose Guardo. Jose? Did you notice whether Mr. Colby was agitated or behaved unusually in any way? No, sir. He didn't say anything. Much. The only other people who had any contact with Colby were the conductors and a dining car waiter who served Colby's dinner in his compartment. He, uh, ordered a good dinner, sir, and ate it, too. Gave me a fine tip, five dollars. I turned to the conductor. Did Colby actually identify himself as such to any of you? Developed that far from identifying himself, Colby had tried to keep his identity secret. Wore heavily smoked glasses constantly. And how can you be sure he was Dane Colby? The conductor shrugged. Couldn't mistake you, Mr. Browning. Everybody knew he was on location at Northbridge. Besides, with that yellow hair and those freak sport shirts he wears... You couldn't mistake him. A man doesn't want his presence known, yet wears freak sports shirts. He eats a big dinner a couple of hours before committing suicide. I'm beginning to agree with Mr. Norris. I think Dane Colby, or somebody who wanted us to think he's Dane Colby, is still on the train. Conductor, I want the ticket of every passenger checked again. Colby, or somebody impersonating him, may be hiding on the train. conductor led the way back to the observation car, then started to work his way forward. When you were collecting tickets, you started from the head end of the train back. How come you're working the other way this time? We generally work from the observation car forward. This afternoon I had business at the baggage car, so we worked the other way for a change. But <laughs> with having to wake people up, it took well over an hour to work through only half the train. We passed the car where Colby's space had been, found nobody who couldn't account for himself. Then... Two cars ahead of Colby's. Sorry to disturb you, sir. We'll have to check a ticket again. The passenger was the man whose ticket the conductor had almost failed to pick up in the observation car. Conductor, this afternoon in the observation car, what made you think you'd already picked up this gentleman's ticket? Now see here, I've been bothered enough. Here's my ticket and get out of here. Answer my question, conductor. The conductor wrinkled his brow. Well, Mr. Browning, when we're working our way through the cars... Anybody who passes from a section we've already covered in the direction we're working isn't stopped because we've already seen his ticket, but somebody going the other way has to show his ticket right then and there before he can get by us. I thought I remembered seeing this gentleman pass from the collected ticket area toward the observation car, but seems I was wrong. I can figure out a way which would make you right. I turned to the passenger. What's your name and business? Leonard Turner. I'm a director for Peacock Pictures. Mr. Turner, that means you knew Dane Colby, who disappeared off the train a little while ago. I'm sorry, but you'll have to let me inspect your baggage. Turner protested, politely at first, then violently, and finally tried to pull a gun on me, but i have been expecting that. Yeah, I found the yellow wig and the freak sports shirt in his valise. Colby never had been on the train. Turner admitted that he'd killed the star and buried his body near Northbridge. Because Colby, a fading star, had blamed Turner for his poor work and had the director fired. So Turner killed him, buried his body, and then tried to establish Colby's presence on the train as a build-up for a phony suicide. Later, I tried to explain to Norris the reasoning that trapped Turner. You see, Mr. Norris, Turner had a room in his own name up ahead of the space occupied by Colby. He knew the conductor worked from the head end of the train backward and figured that he'd surrender his ticket as Colby, then walk past the conductor and discard his disguise before the conductor got to Turner's space. It was Turner's tough luck that for once the conductor reversed his usual procedure. The only thing Turner could then do was remove the Colby disguise and go on back to the observation car. But the conductor noticed him passing and assumed that he'd already collected Turner's ticket. Browning, I haven't the slightest idea what you're talking about. However, I said nobody commits suicide on a Great Valley train, and I was right. Why did it take you so long to solve such a simple matter? Well, that's all. Northbridge police recovered Colby's body, and Turner drew a life sentence. As for me, well, like I said, when you're working for a big-time executive he has the right to second guess on everything, including murder. Listen next time to Calling All Detectives, mystery drama, mystery quiz, and a chance for you to match wits with yours truly, Jerry Browning, Private Detective.